You're listening to the On The Rise podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs as we make our way to the top. Here is your host, known as the property shark, Mr. John Lee. Hey, what's up everyone? John Lee here, also known as The Property Shark, and welcome back to another episode of the On The Rise podcast. Today we have the owner of Chacha's Tandoorian Grill. We have Harjit Kalra with us today. Nailed it. Thank you so much for, for being on the podcast today. No problem, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, and I hope I, I pronounce your name good. Perfect. <laughs> um, so Harchi, why don't you give our listeners a quick introduction about yourself and um, yeah, how you kind of came about uh, Chachas? Sure, for sure. So um, basically, uh, I grew up, you know, always kind of wanting to be an accountant, actually. Um, that was kind of what was ingrained in me. Um, as a young kid, my dad's like, you know, be an accountant, get a safe, secure, you know, uh, career path, and then everything will be good. So anyway, so as I grew older, I realized, you know, entrepreneurship or start, I want to really start my business. You know, that's what really excites me. Um, I, so I actually ended up going to business school after to do accounting. And I got to do a couple internships for, uh, internships for some big companies. And I realized, man, this is not what I want to be doing for the rest of my life. So I kind of realized at that moment, no man, like I'm going to start a business. Like that's what's right for me. So as I was finishing um, my undergrad in my business degree, I started brainstorming what, you know, sort of business idea would be viable and what I should be doing for the next, you know, phase of my life. So uh, that's where my kind of family's background comes in. Uh, so they're from India, Delhi, India, and they've always been super passionate about food. I mean, if you go to our Instagram, um, you know, the whole story there. Um, food has always been like the one thing that's kept them together it just gives them like unparalleled joy so yeah so they came to Canada um, around 95 and uh, they had to work you know the odd jobs work hard at like convenience stores gas stations just doing odd jobs and then eventually they finally got to you know realize their dream and they opened a small takeout joint called Lighthouse and been yeah there. so food. been there yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's quite popular now yeah so they opened Lighthouse and um, it was more of a part-time thing. So they would go to work and then they would come after and only open for like five to six hours in the evening or so. And eventually things started getting up, it started getting busy and it was getting times getting, you know, it was getting good. Uh, but unfortunately at the time, the jobs that they had, their day jobs were still, you know, their stable income. And at the time they had two kids. Um, so when I say they, I mean my uncle and my dad, we live in a joint family. So they had two kids each that they had to provide for. So um, at the time, the best decision for them was to uh, sell their business and continue their stable day jobs. And so they ended up selling their business. Uh, Lighthouse actually went on to become really successful and they're doing really well now. Um, but so their dream, like, you know, it was left incomplete. So um, 20 years, fast forward, you 20 years, and here I am thinking what business I should start. And I'm like, what better way to get into the world of business than, you know, Start a restaurant with my family, and so that's where we're kind of at today. 
That's amazing. And it's humbling to, to hear, uh, you know, the, the immigrant story. And, you know, I, I'm a first time generation immigrant too. Well, my parents were, so I guess I'd be a second generation. Um, right. But then again, it's like the hardships like that you've kind of described and working the odd jobs. Like I went through that too. And I, I saw that and I'm just like, man, like if, if I, if my parents like brought me here just to do like, like a normal nine to five, like that's, that's not what I'm here to do. You know, like it's like, I feel you, man. Exactly. <laughs> there's like a burning fire in you and just like, I got to do more somehow, some, I got to figure it out. I, I got to accomplish more in life because of this great opportunity that, you know, that was presented to me. Uh, did you ever have like any hints of like entrepreneurship growing up? Like, was that kind of always in you a little bit or was it like after you, you know, were graduating and realized accounting wasn't for you. That's when you figured out that, Hey, I wanted to do a business. Right. So actually I think there have been hints in, throughout my life. Um, I remember when I was, you know, quite younger, um, I think in elementary school, I don't know if you remember those power bands that were really popular at a time. Like all the NBA players were wearing them. I'm not, oh, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I remember that it was just in the early stages and they were getting really popular. So what I did was I took my dad's credit card and I'm in like grade six or seven, right? And I just ordered like hundreds on eBay and I just purchased them. And so I started selling them because I saw that kids, you know, we're highly influenced by the NBA at the time. And so that kids were really into this kind of stuff. So I started buying them for like a dollar a piece and flipping them at my school for $10 and, you know, turning a profit or like that. And then I realized why I stay within just my school. So all the other kids on my street that all went to different school, different elementary schools, what I would do is um, I would give them like 20 or 30 bands, you know, uh, every week and t tell them to go, you know, sell it to your schools and that I'll give you a cut out of the profit. And so slowly, slowly I had this whole little, business operating you know just from my home in my cul-de-sac and it was pretty awesome um i think that was sort of my first taste of entrepreneurship and i realized man this is really cool and then later on i kind of obviously that was just for a short period um and then i kind of you know got serious in high school or whatever um and then i think a couple of years like uh, in my first year of undergrad i started this uh, instagram page it was more so just like, you know, those motivational pages and like, you know, car pages and things like that. I just wanted to explore, see if I like learn Instagram and basically how to increase a following and, you know, how to like, if I were to start a business leader, how would I, you know, just learn the ins and outs of Instagram. So that was pretty successful as well. I had like four or five pages running at a time. Um, the highest page was at like a hundred thousand wow. followers and like a bunch of them were like at 50, 60,000. And so I was charging people for like ads to post on my page, um, teaching people how to grow their Instagram pages, making revenue from that. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things that I think I did throughout, you know, my life. And then after that, it was just, like I said, back on track. I was back to accounting and then, yeah. That's amazing. And, and do you yeah. still run those pages? Just I actually ended up selling uh, most of them. I, I still hold on to one of them. <laughs> um, I haven't posted in like years, but yeah. I, I still have one of them, but I sold the rest of them. That's amazing. And, and when you say you kind of stumbled across this, kind of when you were browsing online, like like when you first got into the, the Instagram game, was it just a, a sense of curiosity and you kind of dabbled with it and, and tried to figure it out? Right. So it was, yeah, I just saw people, you know, having these pages with like 50, 60,000 followers. And, you know, at the time I was 
just money motivated and they would be flexing with like their Rolex watches or like their, you know, bundles of cash. And I'm like, wait, how are these guys even making money on Instagram? Right. So I just kind of, that's what intrigued me in the beginning. And then I just, you know, then I got into it and I saw how it actually works, you know, how to increase your following organically and all, all sorts of, you know, interesting stuff. Yeah. Nice, man. And from then on, like for school, uh, you know, where did you go to school? So I went to UBC. Got yeah. It. And I just did the bachelor's of uh, commerce program there. And did you, did you end up finishing your, your degree? Like, cause I, I figured like it was kind of halfway through that or two years in that you realized like this wasn't really quite for me. Um, but did, at that point did you decide, okay, like, let me finish this and, and have that as like, you know, under my belt, something that, that I've accomplished and maybe I can go back to this as a plan B or plan C, plan D. Um, right. You just say, Hey, like, I'm going to just, you know, call it quits and I'm just going to, uh, I do the, the family business thing. Yeah. So it was like, it was a constant back and forth, man, to be honest. Like I started off super excited about entrepreneurship. So I'm like, maybe I should put the degree, you know, in the back right now. And it was just a constant thing between should I pursue this or should I just focus on my school? Should I pursue this business venture or, you know, uh, be realistic is what they tell you. So, um, yeah, man, it was just a constant back and forth. And then, like I said, I think in my third year I did the internship. Uh, it was like, you know, downtown job, everything I wanted that since I was a kid, but then you realize the realities of that. And then I was, it was in my third year where I kind of realized, no, like I need to start my own business. But for that last year, I didn't know what it was going to be until towards like the last few months of my undergrad that we had that discussion. And then we decided to go with the restaurant. That's amazing. And uh, what do you think the, the biggest thing that, that going to school taught you was? Um, would you say that it was important for you to go through those four years to realize that, you know, what you envisioned growing up and your dream career wasn't the way you wanted it to be? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think everyone's different for me. Um, like you asked why I did the four years. Um, it was also a lot of it was for my parents. Um, you know, they've always kind of wanted me to have that at least a bachelor degrees under my belt. Um, so I it was mostly for them but um i also think you do learn important skills in uh in university i think um just being in that atmosphere with a lot of uh intelligent minds it kind of pushes you to uh you know push yourself and you know just grow and i, I like i think you should always continue to learn whether you're doing it through uh you know a university degree or whether it's just on your own so yeah, I think everyone's different. For me, the path was doing the university degree, but I think it's not necessary if, I mean, you're constantly, you know, on top of things and learning through various different online programs or whatever, just upgrading your skill set and just always learning. That's amazing. And I can definitely relate to that too. Like do it for your parents. I was kind of like, you. Yeah. oh, like half with you. I'm like, oh, engineering isn't really for me, but you know, my parents, they want me to have something, right? And I'm like, yeah, graduate. And then I'll like do something else. <laughs> At least that way they can't say like crap about me, right? Like, mom and dad, like you want me to graduate, I got that done, you know? And yeah. you, know, you want me to, to find a job, right? The point of a job is to get paid. And, you know, I'm doing this other thing right now and I'm getting paid too. So, you know, you can't say that that's not a job. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, oh, um, I've been there. <laughs> 
And so take me through um, kind of like the, the name. How did the name come about um, for your place? And I know you have a really um, cool logo as well. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the name Chachas is actually in Punjabi. It means um, uncle, specifically oh. dad's younger brother. And so the inspiration and sort of the motivation behind the whole brand is my uncle. Um, he's kind of the, you know, the master chef or like he's not an actual trained chef, but he's the one sort of the passionate about the actual, you know, cooking process and like food. He's a total foodie. And so, yeah, like I told you, like where they come from in India, like it's like the food country considered the food capital of India. And so growing up, you know, um, I feel like my dad has three other brothers. So all four brothers were always passionate about, you know, hospitality, having people over, you know, serving people food and just, you know, bringing family together. And so my uh, dad's youngest brother, my uncle, my jaja, he specifically, you know, loved the food making aspect of it. He loved, um, you know, experimenting with different recipes. He would often, instead of, he would bunk school, he would skip school and go to like these shops, you know, in his neighborhood and just spend time in the kitchen or with the butchers um you know he that he lived for that stuff and so uh so yeah so he was a super passionate one about food and so it's sort of his dream that's you know that we kind of wanted to you know fulfill for him and so yeah so it's it's for my uncle my chacha that's that's amazing and um in in terms of like when you guys were um, picking out the the location of the store, um, do you have any I guess from from your experience any any advice on um, how to pick a good location um, for any so store or a restaurant that that people might be thinking of of opening? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the number one, I mean, you're a real estate guy, you know, they always say location, location, location is the number one thing. And I think that's super true, especially for restaurants. I mean, um, you want good street exposure for sure. I mean, it's just, it's great for, you know, just walking traffic. So, I mean, just, yeah, finding places where it's like um, highly populated, good, good amount of crowd, good amount of residential, you know, uh, uh, houses near you just so you can drive that, you know, sort of foot traffic. So yeah, just high concentration areas. And we were actually lucky. We found, um, uh, I don't know if you're uh, familiar with Little India Plaza. Mm. So it's a relatively new plaza, but um, it's still, yeah, like it's still getting there. It's still, you know, there's a lot of empty units there still, but we were lucky to find the unit um, with great street exposure. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, I just kind of saw it on my Instagram feed actually. Uh, one of my good friends, he owns the unit. He was advertising it. And so I reached out to him and we were lucky enough to get it. Nice. That, that's wonderful. So location, 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 um, highly populated, dense residential area, and also street traffic is important too. Also, yeah. And also your target audience, right? Like who is, you have to kind of brainstorm that as a business, restaurant business and see who your target audience is. And yeah, just uh, figure out a location that best serves your target audience. And you know, I saw some of um, the, the sketches of the interior of the restaurant, and it's it's really uh, clean, modern. Um, you know, what was kind of the inspiration uh, for for the interior design? Did you help out with that process? Um, just just curious. Yeah, for sure. So the idea behind Jacha's, the kind of concept we wanted to go with, was um, sort of a casual dining restaurant. 
Um, it is a little bit upscale compared to the regular casual dining, but um, what I realized early on when we were brainstorming ideas for Chachas was that there was sort of a gap in the Indian food market, as in that there was either the super fancy fine dine Indian restaurants, like, you know, the really popular tasties or tandoori flames or whatever. Um, and then there was like super like just takeout joints that, you know, sold everything um, from pizzas to sweets to, you know, all sorts of food, but there wasn't really that middle, uh, middle space, you know, um, where you can kind of come in and you don't have to pay, you know, the high uh, prices for the fine dine restaurants. And, you know, you don't have to worry about oh, oh, being like dressed up well. Um, but also, you know, it's not just a takeout joint where you have to go and then kind of pop open your trunk and eat in your car, right? So I wanted to find that middle ground where, you know, people can come, just have a good time with friends and just, you know, enjoy. So it's not really massive. It's like 40 to 45 seats. And we wanted to, you know, have a fun vibe. So we use kind of, you know, nice, uh, bright colors and try to be, you know, super modern with the design. Yeah. Kind of to cater towards the younger, you know, crowd. It's amazing. And, and I think um, you made a good point of being able to identify um, a lack of market space, right? You have the fine dining restaurants, then you have the takeout joints and, and there's nothing really in between. So, you know, that's amazing how you identified that opportunity there um, and really catered the, the interior design around that as well. Um, Excellent. What are some uh, food items that uh, people can, can look forward to? You know, what's, what's a couple of your, your favorite dishes? Yeah, so um, it's nothing fancy. I think we kind of stuck, uh, stuck to the basics. Um, you know, we'll have the, the classic butter chicken, it's chicken tikkas, tandoori chickens. Um, I'll definitely say um, it's focused more around the non-veg appetizers. But we do have a lot of um, that we're experimenting with a lot of vegetarian options, um, like soy-based or plant-based items that we're trying to incorporate into our foods. Um, it's not super popular with Indian restaurants, but it's something that we're experimenting with. And we should have a good amount of options for vegetarians as well. But if I had to pick, you know, my top few would definitely be the fish pakoras that are the, it's the super popular item from Lighthouse, um, our seed kebabs. Um, and we're experimenting with these new dishes called gati rolls. So there's just these rolls with chicken tikka and a bunch of other things. I'm not going to go into full detail, but um, definitely try out the gati rolls and the uh, chicken momos. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, and Harjay, I know you guys were, were planning to open up in April, um, obviously with the special times that's going on right now. Um, mm -hmm. How have you been adjusting um, to the situation and you know what when can we look forward to to, to trying out some some chicken moas uh yeah so we were supposed to initially actually open in like uh, late february or early march but um things got delayed on our end and then like you said the covid 19 situation happened and so we got pushed back another month so now we are looking to open in mid to late may um we're almost there and we're only going to be opening for takeout, unfortunately, because of the situation. That's all we're allowed to do. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be important for us to kind of push that, you know, push the takeout and how we advertise ourselves and how we market ourselves. I know Cactus is doing something really cool with their Bellini kits. Um, so basically you can just purchase these Bellini kits um, that Cactus is so famous for and then you can just make them yourself at home. So those are really big hits. So uh, we're going to look to incorporate some cool things like that where people can kind of, you know, 
still feel like they're having the sit down experience even at their homes. And so, yeah, looking to open in late May. That's amazing. And, and it's funny how you mentioned the Bellini kit. I think uh, I just, I was scrolling through Instagram this morning and I think Tasty is like following suit, Tasty Indian, and they have their little, yeah. little Bellini mix. It's like a little Captain Morgan. And it, it's, it's really cool how, how they're yeah. able to transform that um, experience for you to kind of make it at home. And it looks just as good as it, it is. I haven't tried it yet, but again, it gets people hyped up. Um, and from your point of view, um, in terms of like advertising marketing, um, I love to hear, I mean, you come from this background too, kind of what, what your plan is, um, when you guys launch like, well, what are you guys uh, thinking or planning to do uh, to, to advertise and market, uh, the restaurant? Right. So a lot of uh, our focus is going to be on social media. I feel like, uh, it's super undervalued like um, you can get great exposure through social media um, I know for the younger audience I'm gonna you know focus a lot on Instagram uh, putting out ads and good content for them and contests and giveaways and things like that for the weeks leading up to the opening so you should definitely look out for that um, also for the older audience I feel like uh, Facebook is a great way to target them so to paid Facebook advertisements and just, you know, I think it's great just with it, looking within your own circle and getting everyone, you know, to share your stuff. And then, you know, if they have 200 followers, it's just, it's just a great amount of exposure because it's, you know, one person sees it, then another, and then they share it. Then, you know, it's just, yeah. So I think it's, it's a great way to get your name out there. And so, yeah, we're just going to hold a lot of cool contests and um, giveaways for the first couple of weeks. And yeah, that should be our, focus for our marketing that's amazing how um, you've been able to figure out uh, again from from the way i look at it i think social media is uh word of mouth on steroids almost because then you can push pretty much <laughs> to a target audience but you also have your sphere on there as well so the combination of that exactly is, is where you get the most amount of exposure so <laughs> yeah great way to put it <laughs> word of mouth on steroids <laughs> um hardship thank you so much for you know taking your time and sharing with us uh your journey and and also your family's journey um and uh, you know we're really excited to to try some great indian food um can't wait to see you know what it's going to look like for the in-person dining when this is all said and done but also try out some food via takeout um Last but not least, how can people get in touch with you um, or follow you or stay tuned if they want to we'll look out for the giveaways or just to when, when you guys open up? Where can people find you? Yeah, so um, you should definitely follow us on Instagram and Facebook uh, under the name Chachas Tandoor. Um, I think that's the best place to stay, place to stay connected for all, the cons, uh, for all the giveaways and all the competitions. So definitely give them a follow and we have exciting things coming soon. Thank you again. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, we'll talk very soon. For sure, man. Okay. See you. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the On The Rise podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. The music composition and vocals is done by Graham Best. Your host, of course, is the property shark, Mr. John Lee. Have a wonderful day, and we will, of course, see you next time on our way to the top. Cheers.